Welcome to True Wisdom. We thank you for joining Andrew and I today. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. And as I said, we welcome you to True Wisdom. What is True Wisdom? It is a podcast dedicated to the Word of God, which leads us closer to God Himself. And that's the whole point of our journey here on earth, to lead us and others to God. So, Andrew, um, it's funny. We recently had a discussion on words in the Bible. Mm -hmm. what, what method do you use for determining the definition of a word in the Bible? Let's say you come across something you don't understand. Uh, uh, let's say when Jesus spoke to Paul and he said, why kickest thou against the pricks? This is in Acts um, 9.5. It is hard, excuse me, the exact quote is, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. How do we know what that means? Language changes. How can we figure out what this phrase means? So normally I, I will resort to a concordance. So I'll bring up a concordance and I'll look to see the word, the word pricks, what the definition is in Strong's concordance, which is the default one that I go to. And and then I'll also look for that word all throughout the Bible and see if the underlying Hebrew word or Greek word, depending on Old Testament, New Testament, if it's the same, right? That's the basic, that's where I start to understand if a word is the same as, um, you know, what the definition of the word is. Excellent. Um, we both... I, the, the word endorse might be a bit too strong, but we both use, both Andrew and I use, eSword, a free tool. They don't sponsor us. Nobody sponsors us. <laughs> but the, they, we use eSword. It's a free Bible app available on your PC, your Mac, your phone. And now, yeah, and now Android. And yeah, and Android. And they will, uh, it allows you to download different Bible versions as well as concordances and Bible study guides. So if you ever wanted to figure out how do you get a copy of Strong's Concordance, it's free. And a lot of, so two points on that. Correction, mobile is not free. Oh, it's excuse free on me. the other platform. Yeah, on mobile it's not. I, I happened to look like two weeks ago, so I remember that. And, um, but there are a lot of there are a lot of Bibles that are free and have access to Strong's Concordance, right? Because it's um, it's available, and there are there are other concordance. I actually have two concordance, um, but Strong's is the one I use more, and it's the one that shows up in digital form. Excellent, free for the PC and Mac, not free for iOS or Android. Okay, um, and now we're talking about all this knowledge. What is text for the day? What is our theme verse? Excuse me. Well, it's the text for the day. Um, Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Excellent. Um, so I will pray, and we will get started. Dear Lord, thank you for this time to devote to you as we do a devotion. Help that uh, the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you, and everyone will be able to learn something new about your word. Amen. Amen. All right, what are okay. we covering today? 
So we're going to go to First Kings 11. Now, this is a long one, and I think we should split it. Um, I think we should split it up. It's 43 verses, and there's no really clean place to just stop and, and finish the story. So we, we, we need to split it. And the title is Solomon Turns from the Lord. Solomon turns from the Lord, and we're doing what? First Kings eleven, you said. First Kings eleven, starting in verse one. All right. And we, verse one of First Kings eleven. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zedonians, and Hittites of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what's interesting? You see what's interesting there is that God gave reason for his instruction. You notice that? Mm-hmm. That's something that we should think of as parents. I know that many of us grew up in different cultures that are just like, do it because I said so. But um, it's also important to have a reason, not because the child isn't going to listen if they don't understand why, but to help them to comprehend that your governance of them is not arbitrary, right? You're not... The goal isn't to allow them to veto or decide that rules are good or not because they understand why you're giving them, but it's to help them because you're not just trying to guide them in the short term. You're trying to to help them mature to be people who will be guiding other people. Mm -hmm. And so they need to learn along the way. Mm. And moving on to verse three, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Oh, it's a thousand women. A thousand women. There's not enough time in a day, seriously. No, not a year. If you need to, all of those women, it will take you more, at three women a day, you're still taking a year to go through all of them. Yeah. At a woman a day, it's going to take you almost three years. Mm-hmm. And it came to pass. So many, oh boy, so many jokes. But uh, for it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Now, I want you to pause on this mm-hmm. on this verse here. Process the Lord is going to emphasize as was the heart of David his father. And lest we think that David committed no sins, we know that David had his own problems, but David never turned to idolatry. David's sins were primarily in the second half of the Ten Commandments, not the first half. Mm. Right? And not to, not to, on one level, you don't <laughs> want to say that there's any difference because the sins separate. Right. But there is something substantially, God wouldn't harp on it if it were no different from David. Right, right. Okay? God is bringing it up because his fidelity to God shifted, which opened him up to a bunch of other things. 
right? Because here's the thing. Solomon violated a lot of things on the other side of the Ten Commandments, too, in terms of child sacrifice and other abominations. Right. Right? So, is it fair to say that though we don't, um, now we as humans rate sins. There's certain sins we feel are so much worse than others, but that's not really God's thing. However, if we start moving away from one to four, it's easier to get away from uh, five to ten. Whereas, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm, whereas when we stumble on five and ten, five to ten, we can still, it's easy for us to get pulled back because we're still falling one to four. I don't know that's if that's a, a very f- good point. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. It's a completely valid point because think about it. David had his moment, the Bathsheba thing, as, as far as we know, he was away for a year in the sense of his relationship with God was affected for a year because it's not until the baby is born that this whole thing comes to a head, right? Mm. Uh, so we know that that's a year, but Solomon's apostasy is longer than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The Bible isn't clear to us how long, but he apostatizes, and we're going to see as we go through this. The thing, the other point that I'll make is, we the difference between how God rates sin and how we rate sin is God does have a different scale because he calls certain things abominations, and he's going to do it a lot in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the smallest sin will keep you out of heaven. You know what I'm saying? If he covered your neighbor's stuff, you didn't touch your neighbor, you didn't assault your neighbor, you never said anything outwardly that was a problem, but you coveted your neighbor's stuff and would not relinquish that sin when God was trying to convict you of it, you would be denied heaven just as barely as if you killed 50 people. Mm. Right? That's, that's the aspect of, of where we go wrong with evaluation of sin. God does consider child sacrifice worse than murdering someone, a grown person in a fight, or adultery. Yeah, he said as much. Yeah, he calls it an abomination, and he doesn't call the other one an abomination. But he also doesn't pretend that, oh, you only stole something? No problem, you can still get to heaven, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do that. We look at the, the difference in sin as one of them allowing us something that the other doesn't allow. That's not how God views that. Mm. All right, verse 5. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did his father. Then did Solomon build an high place for Chemoth, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. Mm-hmm. And he commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Therefore, the Lord said unto Solomon, 
For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in the, thy days, I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Do verse 13. Okay. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Now, this is, this is incredible here, what was said. In verse 10, it says, well, verses 9 and 10 say, His heart was turned away, but appeared unto him twice. God had appeared unto him twice to, and reminded him, If you keep in my ways and you walk my path, everything is going to work out. Okay? But if you go away, I'm going to have to chasten you, etc. and so on. Like God warned him. For the express purpose of not of this not ending up here, but here we are. And so the Lord says, "Well, you did it. I'm going to take the kingdom from you." However, for David, your father's sake, David, who's now dead, by the way, mm-hmm. for David, Long your dead, father's yeah. sake, I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Now, is it because David is so good? Because that's what the contrast we're seeing here. Is it because David is so good that God says that? No. It's because he made a promise to David. God made a promise to David that he was going to give the kingdom to him and to his son after him. And in fact, he alludes to Christ as the ultimate son Mm -hmm. who inherits the kingdom. Because God made a promise to David that his son would have the kingdom, he's not going to take it from his immediate son's hand. But he's going to take it from the first person afterwards that messes up. Right. So Solomon only gets it because on because of David's fidelity and the promise to David that God made because of David's fidelity. Hmm. What he more interesting in that is that Solomon lost a lot. We still call the old temple Solomon's temple, but you realize that this would have been called the kingdom of Solomon too, or at least it would have been called the kingdom of David and Solomon. No, don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, that's, that's, it would have, it just as it had, because think about it. We have the precedent with Abraham and then the God of Abraham and Isaac and then the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because all three were faithful, eventually, the, the kingdom gets named broadly for all of them. Uh, I see what you mean. So at the very least, it could have been David and the kingdom of David and Solomon. Right. Mm. But on account of Solomon doing this, he lost everything. Yeah, he loses that. You know, the, the temple still bears his name. He was clearly the architect of it. And, you know, I shouldn't say he's the architect. God is really the architect. But he was clearly the, the implementer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse 14. And the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the king's seed of, in Edom. 
For it came to pass, when David was in Edom, and Joab, the captain of the host, was gone up to bury the slain, after he had smitten every male in Edom, and in parentheses it says, For six months did Joab remain there with all Israel, until he had cut off every male in Edom. That Hadad fled, he and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him, to go into Egypt, Hadad being yet a little child. Which is a funny sentence, mm-hmm. right? Because Hadad is not orchestrating this flight. <laughs> it is, right. It is the older people orchestrating it. So Joab had killed all the men in Israel, but a few, in Edom, excuse me, but a few had escaped, mm-hmm. and with them Hadad. Yep. Mm-hmm. So verse 18, And they arose out of Midian and came to Paran, and they took men with them out of Paran, and they came to Egypt unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, which gave him an house and appointed him Vichel and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him a wife, excuse me, gave him to wife, the sister of his own wife, the sister of Taphanes. Taphanes, the queen. These names will get you sometimes. And the sister of Taphanes bare him Ganubath, his son, whom Taphanes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And Ganubath was in Pharaoh's household among the sons of Pharaoh. It's an interesting mm-hmm. aside. So it tells, this part of the story tells about a thorn in an adversary mm-hmm. to Solomon, a thorn in Solomon's side, and then it gives the history of yep. Hadad. So yep, this falls under the category of Yusuf. It falls under the category of what? You killed my father. This is why he's coming back after him after. Mm-hmm. All right, verse 21. And when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Joab, the captain of the host, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart, that I may go to mine own country. Then Pharaoh said unto him, But what hast thou lacked with me, that, behold, thou seekest to go to thine own country? And he answered, Nothing. How be it, let me go in anywise. Okay, so we should stop here, because I think this is the most natural of the places to pause. We're about to get another adversary in his background. Aha, uh-huh, yes, I do see that. Okay, so this is an interesting point. Mm-hmm. That we haven't gotten yet to the adversary part, but we, have, we see that these people were stirred up. Now, as we've said before... Mm-hmm. How should we take it when it says God stirred him up another adversary, that God stirred up an adversary unto Solomon? Well, we have to consider, we have to consider what God's role is in all of these things. Um, God was protecting Solomon. Remember when David asked to make the house, to, to build God of sanctuary, and in fact, that's when the promise gets made to him. Uh-huh. When, when, when David asked, and the Lord said, nope, you're a man of war, but your son will be a man of peace, and that's who I'm going to have do this instead. And, you know, and, and he talked about his kingdom 
for a great while in the future. So David is thinking, wow, I asked a small favor, and here you're talking about my kingdom in terms of long-term. That's even more glorious than I would ever have imagined, and and David is humbled by that. Mm. At that time, David, God makes that promise to him, and that there will always be a man of of his line to sit on the throne, etc., and so on. Well, when that happens, God promises that Solomon, his son, will be a man of peace, okay? And Solomon reigns over the greatest stretch of peace in the history of Israel, right. almost the full 40 years, okay? So what does God do? Because all of these conditions exist. David did all of, David and Jerat did all of this stuff pretty early, when it talks about when he heard that David, is, um, that David was dead and that Joab was dead, they were dead at the beginning of Solomon's reign. Right, exactly. So this, right? this is Joab many, many years in. Very early. Right, it's many years in. Why weren't they attacked? Why wasn't any vengeance happening? Because God was restraining it. Because uh-huh. Solomon was in harmony with God's will. God restrained it. But after Solomon goes down this path and God is coming to him and appealing to him and he's not getting to him, God moves the hand of covering, which is the same as stirring up the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? So God is the one maintaining peace, and when God stops maintaining the peace, he might as well have stirred the guy up, might as well have whispered in the guy's ear and told him to go there. Right. Because we see, the, we see by the motivation that that guy has a motivation to go there from the beginning. But he didn't know about it, so... He didn't go there. All of a sudden, he hears that David is dead, Joab is dead, and now he he requests leave of the king of Egypt to go, which is a very interesting thing. Like, I don't think that people appreciate that. Isn't this a free guy? Can't he go where he wants? Well, not really. No. There's a protocol. Yes. You're under the protection of the king of Egypt, you don't just get up and leave and go to other countries and start wars, because that's what it'll look like. Yeah, um, Laban, uh, Jacob went through the same thing when he was living with Laban. Mm-hmm. He's a free man. He came there of his own free will, and yet, before mm-hmm. he could leave, because he was married to Laban's uh, mm-hmm. daughter, you can't just leave at that point. Uh, oh, he, he, he ran in that particular case because the Lord told him to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and Laban was looking out for no good for him. But Laban ran after him, yeah, and exactly. then they had that whole argument. Yeah, why, take his, why do you take my children? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, didn't, oh, yeah. doesn't wife take precedence over child? No, no, it doesn't. Not at that time. Yeah, there's an, there's an, right, so there's an etiquette to the whole thing that exists. And yes, at times people abuse it, like Laban was, was doing that, but I think we, we should be careful not to ignore the, um, the scope of responsibility and the implications of actions. I think today we are too quick to talk about how free we are, whether it's in the United States or other countries in the Western world. We're too quick to talk about how free we are and not understand that actions have consequences. This guy grew up in Pharaoh's household. Mm-hmm. If a guy that grows up in Pharaoh's household leaves and goes back to his country to fight the king of that country, who is a powerful guy in his own right, you have essentially dragged Egypt into a war with Israel. That Egypt may not have had any intention of getting into war with Israel. In fact, 
We know that, is, that Egypt didn't have any intention of doing that because Solomon, at the beginning of his reign, had married a daughter of Pharaoh. Right. And it mentioned so in this chapter. Yes. <sighs> so, this is one of the reasons why they were so intermarrying in the old uh -huh. world between uh -huh. monarchs. It was to keep the peace. In the old world, they didn't start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. only that monarchies are on the decline in the 21st century, but the ones that exist are still still leverage that concept. Yeah, how many business mergers have been based on mm -hmm. uh, children marrying? Mm -hmm. So this is just the beginning of the story, and this really harkens back to um, where Solomon's heart is. So uh, right. let's, let's stay tuned for part two so we can see how in 1 Kings 11 this story turns out. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go ahead and pray us out? Will do. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for these accounts that you've maintained here, the history that you've given us, the background, the things you choose to emphasize, things you show us. We are grateful, Lord, for your instruction, and not just the precepts, not just the thou shalt and thou shalt not, but also the underlying experiences and examples of those who lived it. Please help us, Lord, that we will understand the implications of the things that we do. Please help us that we will consider your reaching out to us to keep us from doing things that we shouldn't. And when all is said and done, dear Lord, please say this in your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, this is entitled, Part 1 of Solomon Turns Away from God. Um, if you're interested in Part 2, if you're, if you're interested in Part 2, just keep on the lookout. Why don't you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using, and you'll be able to get notification when the new one comes out. If you're interested in speaking to us, you know, email... Maybe Twitter, now X. You can reach us at truewisdom underscore pod. We are also reachable by email at info at truewisdom.info. You can find our podcast on any platform which services podcasts. We're out there. If you need us, just uh, look for us and you will find us. Andrew also has an additional podcast with some more in-depth discussions on this and other topics. And it is called? Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. It's also found on the Buzzsprout platform. <laughs> uh, BibleStudy.asbzone.com, where you'll find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. And we do... Uh, lesson study, we do devotionals, uh, and wherever your podcasts are found, they can be found through here. All right, we thank you for listening, and we pray you will be blessed.